You've been nice all year, but now you're feeling just a little naughty. <laughs> well, Adam and Eve knows exactly how to help you with that. Through New Year's, when you order that special naughty gift, you'll get 50% off almost any one item. But that's not all. You'll also get our naughty and nice kit free with your purchase. Your kit will come with a special item for him, an adult toy for her, and something you'll enjoy unwrapping together. Plus, free shipping on your entire order. Adam and Eve has gift items that are perfect for him or her. Try an adventurous adult toy, a spicy movie, or even a new slippery sensation. So check out adamandeve.com today for the special holiday offer. Get 50% off one item, a free naughty and nice kit, and free shipping when you enter offer code BABE16. B-A-B-E-16. That's babe16 at adamandeve.com. You know what cheers me up? What? Rolled up aces over kings. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. The House of Cards. Today, the game is different with author and professional poker player Ashley Adams. Okay, you have some skill. Hi, everybody. This is Ashley Adams. You are listening to House of Cards, and what an hour we have planned for you. Of course, we have our mailbag segment, but we also have two extraordinary guests. The first is maybe the greatest poker writer of our generation. His name is James McManus. He's written Positively Fifth Street. He's written Cowboys Full, and now he has written what he is calling Linked Stories, which is the education of a poker player, and if the title seems familiar to you, it should. And then we have a guy who has invented a game that has been brought to a casino. His name is Ben Kowalski. He has invented Go For It, and we're going to talk to him about the process of inventing a game and uh, how you can make money at it. So stay tuned. We'll be back after a quick break. Attention poker players! Do you like using your tablet or phone at the poker table, but hate running out of battery at the end of a long tournament day or cash game? Then you need the Grinder Gadget. The Grinder Gadget is a portable, compact charging station and stand designed by poker players for poker players. It gently grips the rail and allows you to prop up and charge your phone or tablet without touching the felt. The Grinder Gadget not only works well on a poker rail, but just about anywhere an airplane tray, a desk, anywhere. No more setting up your tablet on some wobbly table or leaving it on the floor. Its battery is powerful enough to charge most tablets and phones and still have plenty of juice left over for your headphones or any other device you have. You can even purchase a backup battery for those extra long sessions or trips. So if you like to grind while you grind, the Grinder Gadget is exactly what you've been waiting for. Check out www.grindergadget.com for more information. Get grinding and stay grinding with the Grinder Gadget. Hey, Jersey, GoldenNuggetCasino.com has got your number, and that number is 200, because we have over 200 online casino games, the most of any online casino in Jersey. And last year, we paid out over $200 million to our winners. Sign up now, and we'll give you up to $200 cash back as a welcome bonus, risk-free. GoldenNuggetCasino.com, for the little gambler in you. Bet with your head not over and Call 1-800-GAMBLER if you have a gambling problem. Players must be 21 or older. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, listeners. This is Ashley Adams, professional poker player, author, and host of House of Cards. You can all, wherever you're listening to our show, we're now blanketing the United States. You can send in your questions or comments about the show to info at houseofcardsradio.com. And you can also get our tweets on Twitter at www.twitter.com slash H-O-C radio. Info at houseofcardsradio.com and www.twitter.com slash H-O-C radio. Hey, this is Dave from House of Cards, and I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about Jersey Man Magazine. Whether you're born and bred in Jersey like me, or even from Jersey but live somewhere else, Jersey Man is the perfect magazine for you. Health issues, state business news, sports, food, you name it, Jersey Man talks about it in a fun and informative way. They even host their own networking events where you can meet and greet other community members and professionals. 
with contributors like Bill Lyons, Stan Hockman, and George Anastasia with his own Mob Scene column, Jersey Man covers our region like no one else. Check out their website, jerseymanmagazine.com, for more information and some really cool Jersey Man merchandise. Jersey Man's available at most major newsstands, and you can even subscribe online. That's jerseymanmagazine.com. Jersey Man Magazine. Hey, if you're from Jersey, it's the only magazine you'll ever need. You're listening to the House of Cards. This was what I was meant to do. This was where I was supposed to be. Movie stars in Hollywood, politicians in Washington. Gamblers in Vegas. Yeah. And all is right with the world. Welcome back, everyone. This is Ashley Adams. You are listening, at least we hope you're listening, to House of Cards. You listeners are very fortunate, as am I, in that we have a wonderful returning guest. His name is Jim McManus. You know him as an author and poker player. He's written already two fantastic books, Positively Fifth Street, of course, Cowboys Full. And now he has written another collection of what he calls linked stories. It's called The Education of a Poker Player. We're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk about his early years as a poker player. He's with us now. Jim, are you there? I am here, Ashley. Good to, good to talk again. Terrific. Well, I, uh, I was emailed a whole bunch of interesting stories. Really, it's like uh, kind of a novel, except it's not... Uh, non-fiction. It's not fiction. It's called The Education of a Poker Player. It's all about your youth and playing poker and caddying and sex and parochial school. Tell us how you came up with the name, which is also the name of the first poker book I ever read by Herbert Yardley. My book has the title of Yardley's book because Yardley's book is the fulcrum uh, upon which this this young narrator aging from 8 to 16 his life turns when he receives that book from his quote unquote bad grandparents he's been raised by his parents (laughs) and his paternal grandmother to believe that he's he's an altar boy and that if if he becomes a priest the entire family gets a dispensation from hell and purgatory and he is very very enthusiastic about doing that for everybody by becoming a priest. But along around the time he's 13, specifically the 13th birthday, he's introduced to poker by his other grandparents who send him the education of a poker player by Herbert O. Yardley. And things, his life changes uh, much for the better after that happens. I would say so. I found the book fascinating, Jim. I got to tell you, uh, the intertwining of his awakening, as it were, in the world of religion. Uh, and I, I loved when you begin by talking about the the way that uh, purgatory and hell and babies who die before baptism or after baptism and what happens to them, it's paralleled much like your positively Fifth Street narrative is par- parallel stories with the discovery about poker and how to play against these aggressive caddies. Although, you know, if people are looking for a primer on good play, it really is a letdown there like education. Books. Right. There are other books for that. Like just like, you know, I read the right. education of a poker player, the first one by Yardley thinking it would show me how to win. It really doesn't. But the tale is so good. You don't really care once you become engrossed. Uh, so tell us about the intertwining of those two storylines. Well, as you know, I've written three poker books. The middle one, Cowboys full is entirely about poker. It tells the entire 200-year history of the game from the early 19th century up until 2010. Uh, But Positively Fifth Street is pretty much half murder trial. Uh, The the young couple accused of killing the host of the World Series of Poker, Ted Binion, and then the action that 
some women have in the tournament and my own uh, tremendous good fortune of making the final table. Uh, and then in this book, it's roughly, I'd say it's two-thirds about being a Catholic in the 60s, girls, masturbation. That was a section that I had to research very heavily. Yeah. And uh, altar boys. <laughs> <laughs> and then also the introduction of poker as a, as a more worldly uh, way to have fun than becoming a priest. And so my, my only once have I written a book that's exclusively about poker. Usually the, the, the rest of life in the form of murder or a religious transformation uh, it becomes a big part of the narrative. What prompted you to lay this story out and to write about it, as opposed to any of a million other things you could have written about? Well, uh, it's it's fiction, but it's very lightly fictionalized autobiography. Almost everything in the book that happens to the narrator, Vince Galeen, happened to me. I was raised as an altar boy. I was pressured to become a priest. Um, I, you know, as an Irish Catholic, the election of JFK was gigantic in our household, in our family, in our community. And then, of course, three years later, the, the assassination, devastation. Not that the rest of the country wasn't devastated, but for the Irish Catholics, JFK was a symbol of all that was good and perfect and true. Uh, and we were so elated, especially the parents and grandparents in my household, and the opposite of elated on November 22nd, 1963, that I experienced all these things. He's exactly the same age as I was at various years, 1959, 1963. So uh, I was basically telling my own story uh, lightly fictionalized. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with more House of Cards. You've been nice all year, but now you're feeling just a little naughty. <laughs> Well, Adam and Eve knows exactly how to help you with that. Through New Year's, when you order that special naughty gift, you'll get 50% off almost any one item. But that's not all. You'll also get our naughty and nice kit free with your purchase. Your kit will come with a special item for him, an adult toy for her, and something you'll enjoy unwrapping together. Plus, free shipping on your entire order. Adam and Eve has gift items that are perfect for him or her. Try an adventurous adult toy, a spicy movie, or even a new slippery sensation. So check out adamandeve.com today for the special holiday offer. Get 50% off one item, a free naughty and nice kit, and free shipping when you enter offer code BABE16. B-A-B-E-16. That's BABE16 at adamandeve.com. Fans. You're listening to House of Cards. Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. Uh, we're talking to Jim McManus, great author and poker player. Uh, when did you start, and I don't want to you know, go into the book, uh, only you just talk through the book, but I'd like you to make a couple of touchstones. When in your life did you realize that being a gambler or playing poker at least wasn't evil? It was actually maybe good. Well, I, I was taught by my New York grandparents, my mother's parents, to play poker when I was nine. And when I was back home with my parents and my dad's mother who lived with us, they were fiercely opposed to gambling, drinking, smoking, and so on. So there was kind of a low-grade war going on in the value systems. Of course, my parents uh, had the most input because I lived with them almost every day. 
But when I was in New York with my my more fun-loving grandparents, who were also also Irish Catholics, but much uh, more relaxed about it, and they loved to go to the track and play poker and drink beer, and uh, you know, life was more about having fun in this world as opposed to waiting for heaven in the next world. And they were big influences on me. Did they remain those two poles in your life for your entire life, or did you see your so-called good grandparents start to be a little more accepting in their older age, or did they remain kind of orthodox, as we as we say in Judaism? They re- no, they remain pretty much the way their values remain set, and I was raised. You know, I was a very devout Catholic altar boy from the time of being seven or eight, and then when I was 13 or 14, the introduction of poker, Yardley's playing for high stakes around the world, having women friends and uh, gambling and being a spy, uh, that that was a presentation to me of opportunities to do things besides being celibate in a seminary. When I committed to the celibacy requirement of being a priest, I was only eight or nine years old. <laughs> and you don't really understand the implications of celibacy the way you do when you're 14, when you're about to enter high school, and you just feel very differently about things. So uh, I'm not saying that my grandparents determined every move that I make, that I made, but the you know the, the influence of this this uh, more fun-loving group of my family that I saw less often was uh, was a major turning point for me. And I, of course, did not become a priest. I became a writer and a teacher and a poker player. I got the sense that as you were going through this transition from altar boy, priest to be, or whatever the word is, uh, what is the word for people that are on the path to become a priest? Initiates? Uh, noviate? Well, what's the word? Uh, you are a seminarian. When the schooling which is, takes place in high school and then especially in your college years. You're a seminarian. You're a seminarian. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. So I I noticed the transition from seminarian to not being a seminarian paralleled your transition from eschewing the world of gambling and girls to, if not embracing it, at least doing it. Um, I'm wondering... But I you, think the right word is embracing. I, 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 I embraced it fully. By the time I was 16. Well, as I, okay, fair enough. So as I was reading the stories, though, even at the end of the journey that you chronicle in the education of a poker player, you still seem to be at least partially conflicted, feeling guilty of doing it, but feeling guilty about it being enthusiastic, but also being a little bit nervous about your enthusiasm. And I'm wondering when and if, even to the current day, Jim, you ever said, all that reluctance is totally behind me. I have no conflicts anymore. I am enthusiastic, and I've shed that other self entirely. When did that happen, if it ever completely did? Well, uh, in the book, as you point out, the book ends when he is entering into a state of agnosticism uh, and uh, uncertainty about whether what his future is going to be. Uh, whether he's going to serve in the Navy in Vietnam, whether he's going to smoke marijuana, and all these other kinds of things. And uh, uh, the bottom line for the book, which is uh, about a religious trans- transformation, to what extent does he believe in God? Right. And he is more and more open to the idea that God may not exist, that there might be other forces, ran- more random forces, uh, determining what happens. And in my own case, by the time I was about 20, I had completely uh, lost my faith. Uh, that, that's what I would have said then. Today, uh, it's, it's, I don't think of it as something that I lost. I, the, I understood that it was my worldview. I became an atheist. And I, 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 my life was ruled by more, rand, uh, by more rational forces. I became not a faith-based thinker, but a reason and fact-based thinker. 
And did your... And poker was a part of that. Right. As randomness in the world emerged to replace a theocratic ordering, uh, a structure in the poker world emerged that discipline and rules helped you become a successful poker player. Yeah, I think there are plenty of great poker players who believe in God. Uh, and I'm not a great poker player. And I, but I think that poker is a, is a wonderful example the randomness of poker, you can't play poker seriously for, for very long without understanding that the random nature of a shuffled deck is there, there are amazing runs of good and bad luck. And that whether, whether you, for me, it helped me understand that it was what the, what the dealer was doing. He was shuffling the cards in this order. He shuffled five times instead of six times or six times instead of four. And it just, it, it was one of the many instances of evidence of, of what I took to be evidence that there are other things. There's, there's not some guy with a long white beard who created the world in seven days looking down at this poker game over here or that child being born with cancer or without cancer. It's, just, it's the story of how of, of, of an omnipotent God began to to make less and less sense to me. I was less and less convinced by it. Did you, in the process, become estranged from your grandparents eventually? Did they end up accepting you for who you are, or was it always kind of an artificial relationship where you pretended a little bit around them so that at least you didn't have the difficult conversations? How did that relationship progress? Well, you know, as I said, I lost my faith around the time I was 20, and and that's also around the time when I was losing my grandparents. Oh, so it's not, as, it's not as though whether one believed in God around the dinner table would determine how Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner went. I see. It's just that I had a very devoted, a devout Catholic grandmother who lost her husband after whom I was named. And his, and his, she, was to a, she was to a great extent rescued by Jesuit priests in New York. Right. You know, she lost her husband. She had two young children in 1929. You know, the Depression is underway. And she believed firmly that the highest job you could have in the world would be a priest. Listeners, that was Jim McManus, author of a new book, The Education of a Poker Player. We're going to take a quick time out. We'll be right back, so stay tuned. Do you like using your tablet or phone at the poker table but hate running out of battery at the end of a long tournament day or cash game? Then you need the Grinder Gadget. The Grinder Gadget is a portable, compact charging station and stand designed by poker players for poker players. It gently grips the rail and allows you to prop up and charge your phone and tablet without touching the felt. The Grinder Gadget not only works really well on a poker rail, but just about anywhere. An airplane tray, a desk, anywhere. No more setting up your tablet on some wobbly table or leaving it on the floor. Its battery is powerful enough to charge most tablets and phones and still have plenty of juice left over for your headphones or any other device you have. You can even purchase a backup battery for those extra-long sessions or trips. So if you like to grind while you grind, the Grinder Gadget is exactly what you've been waiting for. Check out www.grindergadget.com for more information. Get grinding and stay grinding with the Grinder Gadget. Make your game night the envy of all your friends and family. Play on a one-of-a-kind table. Play on a pro-caliber poker table. Pro-caliber tables are made with high-quality gaming suede and suited speed cloths. And with their Table Builder app, customers can create a table to accommodate any game. Select one of the in-stock designs from their site or imprint your own. And now you can get a free 600-count coin inlay chipset when you purchase a Pro Caliber poker table. Here's how. Use offer code HOC Radio when you check out at ProCaliberPoker.com or when ordering by phone at 240-25-POKER. That's 240-257-6537. Remember, to get your free gift when ordering your poker table, use offer code HOC Radio. That's H-O-C-R-A-D-I-O. 
Order by phone at 240-257-6537 or online at ProCaliberPoker.com. ProCaliber Poker Tables. Stop playing around and get that table you've been looking for. Hi, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. I just wanted to let you know about a newspaper in the New England area. If you're looking for poker tournaments or the latest promotions at Foxwoods, Mohegan Sun, Twin River, or if you want to find out what's happening in Las Vegas, Atlantic City, or other casinos around the country, then I recommend you check out New England Gaming News for all the latest news, events, and hot casino action from around the region. You can do that in one of two ways. You can either pick up their free copies at gambling venues throughout New England, or you can visit them at www.thenegn.com and sign up for exclusive specials and promotions. That's www.thenegn.com. The New England Gaming News, New England's only resource for complete casino and poker news. Need to sell your house fast? We're Homevestors, the We Buy Ugly Houses people. You've seen our big yellow billboards with our caveman Ugg, but did you know that Homevestors is America's number one home buyer? At Homevestors, we can buy your house as is, pay you cash, and usually pay most of the closing costs, and we close fast. Call today for your no obligation consultation and get out of that ugly real estate situation. If your house needs repairs, you're ready to downsize. Tired of renters and those rental property repairs, retiring, experiencing a job transfer, inherited a property, or just need to sell your house fast. Do what thousands of satisfied Homevestor customers have done. Call Homevestors today for a no-obligation consultation at 866-I-WANT-UG. 866-I-WANT-UG. We'll close fast and pay cash. So what are you waiting for? Call Homevestors today. 866-I-WANT-UG. 866-I-WANT-UG. Hey, this is Dave from House of Cards, and I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about Jersey Man Magazine. Whether you're born and bred in Jersey like me, or even from Jersey but live somewhere else, Jersey Man is the perfect magazine for you. Health issues, state business news, sports, food, you name it, Jersey Man talks about it in a fun and informative way. They even host their own networking events where you can meet and greet other community members and professionals. With contributors like Bill Lyon, Stan Hockman, and George Anastasia with his own mob scene column, Jersey Man covers our region like no one else. Check out their website, jerseymanmagazine.com, for more information and some really cool Jersey Man merchandise. Jersey Man's available at most major newsstands, and you can even subscribe online. That's jerseymanmagazine.com. Jersey Man Magazine. Hey, if you're from Jersey, it's the only magazine you'll ever need. Hey, this is Dave Weishaddle from House of Cards with your House of Cards gaming report for the week of November 9th, 2015. CBS New York is reporting that 17 people from Nevada, New York, and California have been indicted by a Queens grand jury in connection with an illegal sports betting ring. The defendants allegedly booked more than $32 million in bets and faced charges of money laundering, promoting gambling, and conspiracy. 14 people are already in custody in New York, and all the defendants face up to 25 years in prison if convicted. A woman from Beaverton, Oregon, thought she won a fortune, but the casino is saying that's a mistake. Veronica Castillo, while playing a slot machine at the Lucky Eagle Casino in Rochester, Washington, got a readout that she won $8 million. The casino said the machine was malfunctioning and refused to pay her the $8 million, sending her $80 instead. And finally, we all know the Kansas City Royals won their first World Series in 30 years by beating the Mets. But apparently the big winner was Las Vegas sports better Dave Awancha. Vegas Dave, as he's called, had a bunch of betting slips totaling up to $100,000 with odds from 5 to 1 to 30 to 1 on the Royals winning the series. Vegas Dave apparently won $2.5 million. That's probably more money than some of the Royals make in a year. If any news or tips regarding casinos, gaming, or legislation, send us an email at newsroom at houseofcardsradio.com and follow us on Twitter at HOC Radio. 
Hey, Jersey, GoldenNuggetCasino.com has got your number, and that number is 200 because they have over 200 online casino games, the most of any online casino in New Jersey. And last year, they paid out over $200 million to their winners. And get this, sign up now and they'll give you up to $200 cash back as a welcome bonus, risk-free. GoldenNuggetCasino.com for the little gambler in you. Bet with your head, not over it. Call 1-800-GAMBLER if you have a gambling problem. Players must be 21 or older. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to the House of Cards. Casino said he wasn't much of a player. Well, I have a guy like that at your game. You obviously don't play poker. That's exactly why you want somebody like that at your game. Hi, listeners. Welcome back to House of Cards. We are talking with Ben Kowalski, who is the inventor of a new table game called Go For It. Ben, are you there? I'm here. Hi, Ashley. Hi. Um, so why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your background and how you came up with this new table game? All right. Well, I started um, dealing blackjack when I was 18 years old in upstate New York, and I've been in the industry ever since. I worked in the Bellagio in Las Vegas, and now I'm at uh, the lead casino shift manager at the Meadows in Washington, Pennsylvania. Um, I can say i got to tell you, Ben, I, um, I read your bio. I have played poker in all the places you mention, in Seneca, Niagara, in Niagara Falls, at the Bellagio, at Turning Stone, and at the Meadows. So we have some so, common history. So you would agree I have a diverse background in different markets because they're very different, a lot of those places. So, um, And the, the rooms are all completely different, too, which is kind of cool. The Bellagio is uh, probably my favorite of those. Yes. Um, yeah, so about a year and a half ago, um, one of the pit managers I work with came to me with an idea, Jeremiah, he's my business partner. And um, he had a rough idea of a table game based on a lower score golf theme, but not really um, based on the game of golf, just kind of a golf theme that kind of flowed. And um, I never really got into, thought I'd be a game inventor because, I don't know, I just, it just was never something that um, appealed to me. But, like, it was so different and such a... Um, cool idea and it reminded me of a drinking game we actually played in college where you try to get a low score four card game so we just kind of worked on it um did a provisional pan on our own llc on our own and then we went out to vegas a few months later and pitched it to the big licensing companies and we're fortunate really fortunate in retrospect to be picked up by shuffle master which you guys know is probably is by far the biggest uh um distributor of these kind of games yeah shuffle master games, so. invented let it ride and then they made money by renting their machines to casinos to spread the game right absolutely they're the biggest uh ones in the industry and they picked our game up which they don't you know if i knew how bad the odds were going into it i probably wouldn't have invested a penny into it but um i'm glad i was naive back then enough to not to take a shot because it actually worked out so we're lucky and the game just went live at the, the casino i work at and um it's been in about just over two weeks, and it's doing really well. It's get, picking up a lot of people that play different types of games, not just the poker-based uh, specialty games like Four Card and Let It Ride Mississippi, but the people that have never tried these types of games are playing because it's not poker-based, so it's a little different than anything that's out there. And um, so far, so good. So here's what always interests me. How does somebody go from saying, hey, I got a great idea for a game, <laughs> to actually making money by selling a game? What are the steps? Well, the step, I mean, I guess everybody's path is different. And the um, It's such a long shot. Like, it seems easy. It seemed like a like it was a cool idea and a fun game. We, we kind of, the, the rough idea came to me from my partner, Jeremiah, but the actual dealing mechanics were hard. And because we're both industry guys in, in operations, we knew, like, how many hands per hour were ideal. And um, I basically went to Wizard of Odds. I started calling these inventors and, like, uh, math guys from all around the country, just cold calling people and seeing what worked. And I wanted to base it kind of off three-card poker because that's like the king of these specialty games. And I wanted to get our math like as close to that because it's already acceptable by people. And the game was a cool idea and, and different. So we, you have to protect it. So we protected it with a provisional patent that I did myself, um, which probably wasn't enabling, but it gave me enough confidence to talk to people about the game. And then before we went to pitch it, we got with one of the big patent attorneys that does specifies um, – specializes in table games patents, and um, he gave us a really good, thorough enabling patent 
So when we went to Vegas and pitched it, we were protected. But then um, a lot of people end up investing a lot of their own money in these games, and they have to go to the casinos themselves and sell the game themselves. And it can get really costly, and it's hard to have people bite on a new concept. We're fortunate, like I said earlier, to present the game to these three licensing companies and have the biggest one bite, which you know they only do a couple times a year. And now they basically take it from you, and they just do everything. So we're there to support it, but as far as distributing it and coming up with the new artwork and following through on the um, intellectual property, um, Shuffle Master is taken over, which makes our life really easy. We just basically at this stage are just rooting for it. Okay, so... Whatever, like I said, everybody's path is different. A lot of people have to, you know, go on road trips and push the games themselves. And we have some other ideas coming down the pike, which, you know, we might have to do that if we don't get picked up. But we, we got a, a, a big break by... by teaming up with them so okay so i'm talking to ben kowalski who's the inventor of a new table game called go for it i just want to understand this in a little more detail so you pitch it to uh, shuffle master do they then decide to pay you a lump sum for all the rights and then you maybe help them out as far as marketing or do they say to you all right we'll do all this stuff and if we make money we give you a piece of the action how does that work and how much money are we talking about well, to, unfortunately, we can't get into the details of the agreement because that's one of the one of the things. Um, well, we I don't need to know the specific. Well, give me but, a um, rough idea every, of how it works. Every deal is different, um, so uh, you can get. There's, I'm sure there's royalty deals where you get a percentage of how the game does. Because the way this works is like the um, casinos pay for specialty games like a monthly lease fee, like a slot machine. There's lease games and there's games you can straight out buy. These types of games, they they lease them and pay the distributor, and if they have a royalty deal, or they could pay you cash up front. I mean, there's all different kinds of things that they could do. Um, like I said, I can't get into our details, unfortunately. Well, okay, but, um, then let's it's just... It's not really going to be life, life-changing until the game really takes off. So let's That's talk just hypothetically. So if I created a game, and I made a deal with um, a B-card company, and, uh, could I, and the game is enormously successful... Enormously successful. Could I, as the game inventor, expect to make over a million dollars, many multiples of a million dollars? I think, yeah, like the guy that uh, invented three-card poker, multi-millionaire, he sold his games for millions. And there's the the, the huge hits out there. Those guys all did very well for themselves and don't have to work a day in their life. I see. So you may have a future where you're not dealing and working at uh, the wonderful, beautiful Meadows (laughs) Casino in Cannonsburg, I wouldn't give this up for anything. It's just for pure enjoyment that I work anyway. So. Okay, fair enough. So tell, <laughs> tell us about the game. How do you play it? Um, well, it's a four-card game, and like I said, it's not based on poker, which is, is really unique to these specialized games. So your goal, the basic way to explain it is you want to have a low score, like similar to the game of golf. The lower score you have, the, the better your hand is, the stronger hand you have. So... Um, there's, and there's three separate ways to bet. Uh, one bet's simple. If any aces you get, you get, um, you get paid on that bet. Uh, one ace gets you two to one, two aces five to one, three aces 50 to one, and four aces 1,000 to one. You have four cards. Basically, it's, it's called the gopher bet. It's got like a, a cute little gopher on the layout, which is kind of appealing. Like Caddyshack? Um, uh, kind of like Caddyshack. Well, the idea behind the, why I thought this would be a good idea is because if you look at slot machines 20 years ago, you're basically on real slot machines, like spinning sevens and things like that, and like um, video poker. Now if you look at a slot floor, you have Tarzan machines, Sex in the City machines. You have all these different themes that are appealing to the entertainment gambler, and that's what we did with this game. We wanted to appeal to the people that just want a fun experience and be able to play for a couple hours on a couple hundred bucks, not the hardcore high-limit gambler that's going there for the pure rush. This is more of a of an entertainment game. And, like, we, I feel like theme games are coming to tables. Like, tables are always a little bit behind slots because, you know, they're not going to move in a bunch of furniture to try all these new ideas. But, but golf's such a, a, a widespread, popular thing that we felt like it was a good theme. The little gopher thing's kind of, a, kind of it's a little hokey, but it's neat, you know. So, um, and it, the game's easy to understand. The cards, uh, to figure out the strength of your hand, you don't have to know poker hands. You just need to know the pip value of the cards. Face cards are worth 10, aces are worth 1, and, and that's it. And you can total your hand just like in blackjack. So um, you end up with four cards. The gopher bet is based on your aces. There's a skins bet, which like in the game of golf, if you're playing against somebody, um, and that's just you versus the dealer. If you have a lower score than the dealer, you get paid. If they have a, a lower score than you, you lose. Um, but the main bet is the um, front nine, back nine wager. And that you get to view two of your cards, 
And if you have a good hand, you'll bet an additional bet, the back nine bet. And that, that's going to get you odds if you have a 20. Uh, you'll get paid on 24 or less, which is par for the course. And um, the lower your hand you get, the, the more odds you get. So if you have like a 14 through an 18, you get a birdie bonus, 2 to 1. Or if you have a, a 9 through a 13 on your four-card hand, you get a 5 to 1. Or an albatross would be like an 8 or less, you get a 25 to 1 bonus in the back. Wow, so, so there's um, a little bit of skill? There is. Um, you know, Wizard of Oz will tell you a 14 or lower is where you want to where you want to bet the back nine. Um, but I've talked to a player today that said, no, it's 12 or anything. Half of, half of 24 is 12, so I'm going to only play it at 12. So he's not playing it optimally, but, you know, whatever. And then there's people that want to take a shot and play it at 15. So there is a decision point, but um, the expert, you know, Wizard of Oz would say 14 or lower. And what is the house advantage for the person playing optimally? Um, on the front nine, back nine, it's 1.81, which is really good for a specialty game. Yeah. And what about the other bets? The uh, skins bet's four three seven because uh, the way the house has to have an edge on that bet, if it's just you versus the dealer, we have to win the pushes. So the house wins pushes about 4.37% of the time. So, But that's a bet with a high win frequency. So on the skins bet, a player is winning 47.84%. So in their mind, that's a great bet. They're thinking it's a 50-50 bet. Okay. And what about the, um, the other gopher bet? The gopher, there's two pay tables out there. We use a, um, There's a 4.35 house advantage, and then there's one that's just under two, I believe, that I haven't seen out yet. But um, they have a couple options for the gopher bet. But the one, the popular one is 4.35. So and with the, and it's got a 28% hit frequency. A lot of people, the lowest payout is 2 to 1. And a lot of people think, you know, you're getting four cards, chance of getting aces are pretty good. So... Yeah, this sounds like a game that is very well devised to both engage the player, making them feel that they have a decent chance of winning. Also, there is a bet that is pretty close to Baccarat, which to me, you don't want to have anything closer than Baccarat. 1.81, that's, that's, not too much. that's better than roulette. That's better than most people playing blackjack, unless you're a perfect strategy right. guy. Um, but there's also enough house advantage so that the casinos are going to make decent money on this. This sounds like a well-devised game, Ben. Good job. Well, it was the thing. I appreciate it. And it was designed for the entertainment gambler that's going to get a couple hours of play out of it. So um, Great. Well, we I hope we you can. come out uh, all over the country. I can't wait to see you out east where I am and then out in the Bellagio and maybe up at the rivers up in uh, Pittsburgh and Turning Stone and Seneca and then down in Florida, all those rooms in Tunica, Mississippi and all over the country. It would be great, Ben. I wish you well. That would be great. I'll be at the in the Bobby's room at the Bellagio playing in poker. I, think. I don't think so. <laughs> Maybe in a couple of years when the game skyrockets. I wish you well. Thanks, buddy. All I right. Appreciate it. That was Ben Kowalski, the inventor of Go For It, coming to a casino near you sometime soon. We hope. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with another guest. Attention poker players! Do you like using your tablet or phone at the poker table, but hate running out of battery at the end of a long tournament day or cash game? Then you need the Grinder Gadget. The Grinder Gadget is a portable, compact charging station and stand designed by poker players for poker players. It gently grips the rail and allows you to prop up and charge your phone or tablet without touching the felt. The Grinder Gadget not only works well on a poker rail, but just about anywhere an airplane tray, a desk, anywhere. No more setting up your tablet on some wobbly table or leaving it on the floor. Its battery is powerful enough to charge most tablets and phones and still have plenty of juice left over for your headphones or any other device you have. You can even purchase a backup battery for those extra long sessions or trips. So if you like to grind while you grind, the Grinder Gadget is exactly what you've been waiting for. Check out www.grindergadget.com for more information. Get grinding and stay grinding with the Grinder Gadget. Make your game night the envy of all your friends and family. Play on a one-of-a-kind table. Play on a pro-caliber poker table. Pro-caliber tables are made with the highest quality gaming suede on the market. And with their Table Builder app, customers can create a table to accommodate any game. Select one of the in-stock designs from their site or imprint your own. And now... 
you can get a free 600-count coin inlay chipset when you purchase a ProCaliber poker table. Here's how. Use offer code H-O-C-R-A-D-I-O, that's H-O-C-R-A-D-I-O, when you check out at ProCaliber.com or when ordering by phone at 24025-POKER, 24025-POKER. That's 240-257-6537. ProCaliber Poker Tables. Stop playing around and get that table you've been looking for. Hey, this is Dave from House of Cards, and I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about Jersey Man Magazine. Whether you're born and bred in Jersey like me, or even from Jersey but live somewhere else, Jersey Man is the perfect magazine for you. Health issues, state business news, sports, food, you name it, Jersey Man talks about it in a fun and informative way. They even host their own networking events where you can meet and greet other community members and professionals. With contributors like Bill Lyon, Stan Hockman, and George Anastasia with his own mob scene column, Jersey Man covers our region like no one else. Check out their website, jerseymanmagazine.com, for more information and some really cool Jersey Man merchandise. Jersey Man's available at most major newsstands, and you can even subscribe online. That's jerseymanmagazine.com. Jersey Man Magazine. Hey, if you're from Jersey, it's the only magazine you'll ever need. You're listening to the House of Cards. I have three jacks and two sixes. What's that called again? A full house. What a cute name. A full house. Is that good? Yes, that means you win. (gasps) Again. Oh, God. This is almost embarrassing. What is that? Five in a row? What a lovely watch. Hi, listeners. Welcome back. This is Ashley Adams. Uh, You're listening to House of Cards, my favorite segment, the mailbag segment, where I'm joined by my handsome producer, Dave Weishattel. Dave, you are looking especially handsome today. uh, Actually, we're both in white shirts, so very casual. How about that? Well, hey, I'm from White a doesn't school. Mean casual. <laughs> it doesn't? You're casual. You're wearing a kind of shorts, a knit shirt. North. I'm wearing a dress shirt. Dress shirt. Well, you have your tie off. Button down. I have my tie off. That's true. Yeah, there you go. So, Well, I'm glad we settled that. There we go. <laughs> what do you have Stimulating for Stimulating radio. Once again. <laughs> hey, it's uh, 4.15 here in New York City. Yeah, what but, do you have? Uh, hey, I just want to remind everyone, if you have a question for us for our mailbag, you can get a hold of us at info at houseofcardsradio.com. You can tweet us at HOC Radio, and if you leave a message or a text, you can reach us at House of Cards Hotline at 609-474-HOCR. Wait, that, what, what's that number again? That number again is 609-474-4627, and anyone who gets a question that's right on the air gets a 2015 Party Poker Baseball hat. You know, I'm thinking of changing the rules of House of Cards. Maybe have people give us answers. There you go. And we'll come up with the questions. <laughs> like the jeopardy of talk radio on poker. You'll have, have to come up with answers, and we'll come up with the questions. Who's that Carson used to do that? Had, well, the, had the, great, the answers first? The great, uh, I, I remember that. the name. Yeah, yeah, I know. That, that's, that yeah. was the notion of jeopardy. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Please put and, and, that in the form of a question. <laughs> You're laughing. That wasn't funny at all. I, I think it was. I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dave, you card you. What do you have? Well, we actually have a comment and a question. Okay. From JP in Andover, Massachusetts. Oh, Andover. Yeah. He writes, so ha- well, I should, shouldn't say he. I don't know if JP is. So happy there's a show like House of Cards for the poker geeks out here. I'm always learning new wrinkles of the game. I often have questions for some of the more esoteric aspects of the game, and it's great to have a source like HOC to consult. Gosh, he's right. Uh, yeah, boy, brilliant. And now the question. I recently learned that some card rooms will penalize a player for folding their check option. Why would a poker room impose a penalty if a player does this? I suspect it is to prevent con- collusion, but are there any other reasons? Well, the rules are that you're not supposed to fold out of turn. Okay. But I've never heard a rule that says you can't fold even if it's your option to check. Yeah. I've what never. he's describing is a player fold. Basically, checking out is the phraseology okay. that you use at the poker table. And dealers that I've played with will even say, 
when the guy, it's his turn to bet or check, will say, I fold, and the dealer will say, often with a slight smile, checking out, and the guy continues to fold, and it's the next guy's turn. I've never seen anyone penalized. What penalty? I mean, if it's a tournament. Well, that, that's my question. I, I've never. If it's a tournament, yeah. you could be penalized, yeah. I suppose, but. Um, I I don't think it's against the TDA rules, but I'm not certain. I'd have yeah. to consult my my rule book. Now, when they say penalize, what are some of the penalties oh, someone could impose? They're oh. sitting out penalties. Oh, okay. In uh, it used to be that you would sit out for a certain period of time. You think you'd get a timeout, but more recently, <laughs> you get a timeout. Really, seriously, like a kid to sit in your corner. And well, no, no, out. you're not allowed to play. Yeah. And yep. the problem is that if you can't play, you can't keep up with the you know, chip stacks get going up. Yep. And if you can't play for, let's say. An hour, you're going to be blinded down, maybe to a critical level. So, but because there had been collusion to diminish the seriousness of a penalty by having all the other players play really slowly. Mm-hmm. So, if you said, "Well, you have a 10-minute timeout," and if people are stalling, it could mean not even a full hand. They've changed it to a round or two rounds or three or four rounds that you have to sit out. That's how the penalties are now. When JP mentioned collusion in the question, I was assuming it's tournaments. But I'm assuming, I guess it could go for cash games as well. I'm trying to imagine how... That's, that's what I was thinking. It's you tournament could be and, con- colluding by having you fold instead of check. Uh, my cheating skills are not sophisticated to know how I could, with a partner, give him an advantage by folding instead of checking. Unless by so folding, I'm sending a signal... But I, I can't imagine that. You mentioned timeout penalties. I, other than yeah. being thrown out, what is the worst penalty you've ever seen a player get, and for what, in your card room experience? Uh, I've seen a player banned. but Ooh, that's the, Wow. Okay. <laughs> banned completely yeah. forever? From there? Well, I don't know if it was forever. He oh. was kicked out and told and they, they have like a year or something. I saw a player do that for abusing a dealer. Um, I've seen... A- verbally or physically or... Throwing cards. Oh, I love that. Throwing I love cards. brawl stories like that. Yeah. <laughs> anything anything else? Just, uh... um, I'm trying to think. Nope. Off the top of my head, I can't think of anything. I, I, of course, have been kicked out of a poker room, but we've told that story many times. But you, yours was legitimate. I mean, illegitimate. You're, you're, you're a reporter, and you ask questions. Right. My The throwing out was illegitimate. That's right. Oh, no, but what you did was, what I did was, was legitimate. perfectly legitimate. Absolutely. But, yeah. I was thrown out improperly, which is why I will never go back to that casino. So I guess that'll do it. That'll do it. Thanks. Uh, make sure to come back next week for more House of Cards. Boy. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.